and welcome to Vimy Air. This is episode number four. My name is Sam Fix. I'm a teacher here at Vimy Ridge Academy. With me is Mr. Travis Rollheiser, a candidate for Teacher of the Year. And joining us from his basement is Mr. Blair Faulkner, the best beer league goalie in Edmonton. Wow. How's it going, boys? Is that an accurate statement, Mr. Faulkner? Thank you, Sam. Um, in the eyes of my daughters, yes. Um, in the eyes of shooters around Edmonton, no. But I don't know thank you. That. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> you look um, good doing it. I am excited I, about this episode here. Uh, yeah, we have, we, we have a fantastic guests. lineup. Well, and it's fun to bring in some, uh, bring in some, you know, the students that uh, have a passion for for what they do, and bring in a, um, you know, a, a local guy that was born and raised here, and you know, made it big in his career, and is continuing to do something, you know, what good for his community, good for the planet, good for everything. So, uh, Mr. Andrew Ference is going to be fun. And we also have current grade 12 student Aaron Normando joining us too. He's also pretty cool. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Sam, you look like you're, you're, uh, you got a new setup there. Where are you? I'm tuning in from my garage. Did you set up a little studio for yourself there? It looks, it looks yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, I love my garage. I got a little workstation, so I've changed it into the, the Vimy Air studio for now. Great. Where are I you like tuning it. in from? You just got a piece of plywood in the back. Yeah, <laughs> you just kind of set up a hopefully temporary, uh, chilly little studio in the in the in the garage right now. So speaking of garages and what actually should be in garages would be vehicles. Do you guys have any um, like Allegiance? Do you have anything? Do you have any vehicles that you guys are stuck on or you need to you need to have? I'm I'm the farthest thing from a from a car guy. Um, in terms of even like knowledge of the vehicle, I can like assess your, your basic problems. Uh, and then in terms of vehicles that I like have passions for vehicles that I like, I'm that's, that's not me. But do you have to um, drive I, one thing? Like, yeah, kind of like our budget means that we drive a Honda, but if my budget was a little different, it'd be BMW. I had yeah. a, I had an old convertible BMW in high school. It was the best. Of course. You I wasn't as cool as I thought it was, but I, it was cool. Just cruising around St. Albert, okay. top down. Hey, Blair oh, yeah. and, and Sam. I know because I Blair. I think I'm the same with you. I say garage. Does anyone here say garage? We're we're all. No, it's garage. Garage. Okay. Good. It's okay, but speaking of car, saying things it, weird, it's a car hold. Uh, in the car hold, <laughs> carport. Okay, I have a, I have a good one here. I I even wrote it in my notes, Mister Rollheiser. In in the interview coming up, I heard you say say the word milk what do you are you are you one of the people that say milk and and also like you also say pillow oh, i was gonna say the pillow pillow, pillow, um, pillow. Yeah. no because i'm a milk and pillow guy i'm a milk and pillow you said milk yes <laughs> like milk. M M E L K. I I know, I, I know how to spell it I say M E L K. I say milk but i clearly like it no one who says no one says pillow that's, no, that listen, you, this is unbelievable. Just watch for it. Since we've been at home, my wife and I have been doing a few more yoga sessions. She works at one of the studios, uh, does a bar class out of uh, at one of the studios in Sherwood Park here. And so we've been logging on and watching some of their yoga sessions. And I've noticed that almost every yoga instructor says pillow. Really? It's pillow. It's pillow. But it's pillow. It, it's Wait, whoa, Sam, how do you say it? It's pillow. Okay, good. With an pillow. Yes, Did I just pillow. say pillow? Yes. Yeah. That was confusing. <laughs> it's, it's pillow and it's milk. Just got in your own head. 
Okay, speaking of saying embarrassing things like I just did, we've been asking our guests several times about embarrassing stories. And everyone's, uh, aside from Mr. Stretch, everyone has struggled to generate an embarrassing story. But what I, what I don't get is how you guys don't have embarrassing stories. I, have, you know, I could tell I, one every episode until this podcast doesn't exist. Thankfully, I just have a terrible memory. That's the only thing that's keeping me from saying anything. See, and I think that's just the goalie coming out in your rolly, right? As soon as you let in a bad goal, you forget about it. Doesn't yeah, matter. that's true because I let in a lot of those. And I don't okay. remember many. Um, you know what, Sam? I actually, uh, I, got, I got one for you here. It, uh, it happened at, at Vimy Ridge. And it, it wasn't in the classroom, but uh, it was in our, actually it was in the staff room right after um, the renovations were complete. And our principal at the time. Oh, Mr. yes, this is a good one. Yeah, our principal at the favorite. time, Mr. Uh, Brian Redmanovich, was touring around. See, I thought it was just the assistant superintendents, but you guys, I, I know when we've talked about this before, you think it was actually the superintendent and a couple assistant superintendents. It was definitely so, Mr. Daryl Robertson. So himself. there were some, there were some of the, the big boys were in the building and they were being toured around. And we, I was on a prep, I think I was on a prep or however it worked out. There's a few of us, maybe it was at lunch. We were in the staff room and we were standing around the, the tall table in the staff room and, uh, they came in the one door and they were showing around and they came over to the tall table and uh, Mr. Radmanovich started introducing everybody. And so everyone, you know, there's a few of us in there. Actually, I think Mr. Stretch was in there. Uh, Mr. Fix was in there and we all, you know, started shaking hands and um, came to me and Mr. Radmanovich introduced me and I went to shake hands with the one guy and we were both kind of awkward about it. And then I went for the reach, but he didn't reach. <laughs> So I went to move as I was reaching and Gord stretched with his love of coffee, had an open coffee sitting right there. And I just blew up his coffee cup all over the brand new table in front of the, the big wigs that were there and all read, over the floor. Oh, it was just, and then I'm like, do I clean up? Do I still shake his hand? Do I, it was, and I think Brian just said, okay, so this is our staff room. And, and then they took off. And as soon as they walked out the door, everyone <laughs> just burst out laughing. I'm sure my face is still a few shades uh, darker red from that day. But I think that's one of the most embarrassing things that, that have happened to me inside the school so, walls. That's so so good. who looked worse, you spilling the coffee or me laughing at you while you spilled the coffee in front of all the big wigs? <laughs> I've yeah. never heard that story before. That's awesome. Oh, it was good. We'll have to... Uh, Maybe we'll have to ask Mr. Redmanovich about that one one of these days. I think that's enough of my embarrassing story because I'm still actually turning red as I'm telling that. So um, I think we get into our next guest. Uh, we're all excited for Mr. Andrew Ference. Maybe we can get him to talk about uh, an embarrassing story that he may have had throughout his career or into his uh, work job that he's doing now. So let's, uh, let's go to Andrew Ference. our next guest on Vimy Air, one of the most distinguished ones we've probably had so far. Uh, born and raised in the Edmonton area, he was instrumental in bringing the November Project to Edmonton. Uh, you probably heard of it. Uh, he's been a strong ambassador for many organizations and groups such as You Can Play, Pride Tape, and Children's Wishes. He's earned a Harvard Extension School Diploma. He played in the NHL for 16 illustrious seasons, becoming a Stanley Cup champion in 2011. He served as the NHL Director of Social Impact, Growth, and Fan Development to get communities and fans even further involved in the game. And although there's a long list of other things I could probably talk about, most importantly in our eyes, he's a Vimy parent. So please join us in welcoming maybe with a subtle golf clap, Mr. Andrew Ferentz. <laughs> no, nice. 
<laughs> like the hey, golf yeah. club. I'll take it. So are you uh are you a, are you a swinger of the clubs, Andrew? Do you uh are you going to be <laughs> wanting to get out this spring or or do you spend most of the uh summer months, I guess winter months too on your bike? Yeah, I'm I'm not at all. I painfully go out like once every couple of years with my dad because he golfs all the time, but uh I, I don't know. I I've, I've never got into golf. I it just doesn't doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> just uh <laughs> Uh, I usually played once a year at uh, you know the opening before uh, training camp. You know for whatever team I was with, they usually have a, a tournament or something like that. And, uh, I'd go through the same shtick of uh, apologizing to it, whichever group got me for their uh, <laughs> you know for their uh, tournament partner, and I'd go through and apologize and do all the same. And then sure enough, like usually my first drive off the first tee was just a bomb, like right down the middle. <laughs> and I'd have to like, a sandbagger. Yeah, that's that's thoroughly explained. Like, no, no, guys, you really should take that drive because there probably won't be another single one. You know, <laughs> Seventeen holes, so yeah. But I'm biking a lot. I biked a lot actually when I was when I was playing hockey. I actually played a lot of sports growing up. I was in, in Sherwood Park in Strathcona County, and uh, everything from rugby to lacrosse to every school team there was. I mean, so I still play all those other sports. And uh, cycling was one of those ones that I always enjoyed. I mountain biked a lot. Lived in Canmore for a while mountain bike to come down there and uh cycling was actually the one that i think gave me my foothold into uh, the nhl because my very first training camp uh down in pittsburgh i was still in the generation of you know when guys you know would probably fish more than they worked out uh, <laughs> uh during the off season so uh, 1999 my first uh uh training camp well, i know oh, sorry i should correct myself i think 98 was my first training camp after i got drafted and uh, went in there and just destroyed guys on testing because all of our testing was done on bikes. And I biked my whole life and, and uh, saw that as a real opportunity then. So, you know, through good, good fitness testing scores and, and making a good first impression at training camps, um, it gives you like a second opportunity, right? And now with that biking too, is that also a nice release for you just to get out on your bike, hit the road for a bit, get away from everything, whether it be the rink or, or whatever, and just go out for a good ride and, and then just enjoy the sort of the silence of the, of the road. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's on, I, I've actually gotten into maybe the last couple of years, a little bit more meditation as well. And so, uh, you know, I, I'll do a, you know, mindfulness, uh, I have a, you know, the app on my phone and, you know, go through maybe a, uh, you know, 15, 20 minute session every once in a while. And I actually really enjoy that, but, um, I actually equate a lot of my experience with cycling to, uh, um, you know, to doing something like a meditation, like you kind of just zone out and, you know, you can empty your brain of a lot of thoughts and just concentrate on, you know, your cadence or your heart rate or whatever it is, right. Without a whole lot of other distractions. And so I do a lot indoors here. I have a, you know, set up here and there's a program on a computer that uh, called Zwift. And so I can race against, you know, thousands of other people across the world that are all on. And so even this past weekend, I did a three day stage race and competed against yeah, you know, thousands of other people uh, around the world. It gives me that, you know, kind of fix for, you know, wanting to beat other people too. Yeah. Have you found, uh, have you found that there's been more people online doing some, uh, some racing on those computer programs than let's say three months ago, maybe? Oh yeah. It's crazy. You know, it, uh, I was a beta user for that program back probably about five or six years ago. And, and I remember when it cracked a thousand users, like, cause when you log on, it's like, you know, a thousand other people are biking. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And I think this morning it was over, you know, 32,000 people like at the same time. Uh, but um, all the pros have traditionally used this uh, Zwift platform for training. 
but they're actually moving their competitive races onto, uh, onto Zwift now. And so this past weekend when I was doing those three-day stage races, I was actually competing in the same heats as the Yates brothers. So Adam and Simon Yates are really you know, famous cyclists. Uh, and how'd you do with them? Like, uh, well, they beat me, but, uh, but I finished... <laughs> I finished, uh, I think, 89th in the world, so oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, Still elite. But it's, but it's, uh, but it's what, a, what a cool platform, right? Other than cycling, what else is, uh, is big in the household? I know you mentioned rugby with Ava being a big part of that, but um, hockey, rugby, cycling, what else goes on? Uh, we've got soccer with a little one. You know, she's, uh, she's in grade five, and so she's you know, working on her skills and whatnot, and then I'm literally sitting in our craft room. We, uh, we do, uh, <laughs> we got to get the art side uh, going as well, right? We've got to get the other, take care of the other side of the brain. So we've got, uh, you know, a piano in here, some guitars, uh, uh, some art. I'm a, I like, like a lot of street art. And so, uh, uh, we may or may not, you know, put stuff up around the community <laughs> around our own house as well. So, if you see anything around that's uh, pixelated art, it may or may not have been us. That is so good. speaking of speaking of the community, you guys have always made a made a huge impact in the community wherever you go, whether it be Boston or here. How has that changed in this new world of social distancing? How are you guys trying to adapt so that you're still driving that connection and driving that community? Um, for myself, I, you know, obviously working with NHL now, our big our big thing is, you know, how do you keep that connection with you know youth hockey players and young you know, young people whose, you know, seasons were just basically turned off in a, in a heartbeat. And, and so I think it's uh, important for us to, um, you know, try to maintain, you know, a level of seriousness, obviously through the messaging. And, and you know, I think you've seen that with our players, or, you know, across the league of, of delivering the social distancing messages, you know, the same, you know, parroting, you know, a lot of what our, you know, political and medical leaders are, are saying. So, so, you know, the concentration has been on, you know, using that tool that we have of, of, of the players to, to get the messaging out there. Uh, but then also looking at that additional side of like connecting back to the youth and, you know, trying to have some distraction of trying out new skills and hosting, you know, Zoom meetings and, you know, hangouts. And I think you've seen a little bit of more, you know, especially in the last week, some, some more lighthearted stuff where you get to know the players a bit uh, across the league. So uh, that's been a big you know, part of, you know, my job now is, is, is really connecting the NHL and our clubs and our players a little bit more to the community. So going back to the point that Sam made, and I think you touched on it a little bit with um, referring to today's youth in sport. Um, I think sustainability would be a term that, that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, sustainability might be a term that is important to you and not only um, in terms of the environment, but sustainability in youth sports and keeping kids involved in sports and activities and things like that. How did you decide to get into and focus on youth sports and youth activities and get kids involved. Why is that important? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, from my own personal experience, I know what it, what it gave me. Um, sports gave me an outlet for whatever frustrations I had at school for, you know, whatever excess energy I had, you know, whatever it was. I mean, sports was an incredible outlet for me to just head outside and throw a lacrosse ball against the garage door for a thousand times, you know, and just, you know, the whole point of it is to, you know, clear your head of, you know, all the, junk and garbage and stress and things that are going on that, you know, might bring, uh, you know, might bring you down. I know, you know, for any of us that have played sports and you kind of just zone out and you're just playing and you're just so caught up in whatever's happening with, with whatever you're doing that, you know, those worries of the day or the worries of whatever situation you're in, you know, they're not really front of mind, you know, when you're, when you're involved in sports. So, you know, 
you know, quite honestly, like to play sports is getting, you know, more and more expensive, not just hockey, but across the board. And, uh, you know, the higher the level that you try to compete at, uh, you know, the tougher it is to, you know, to, to foot the bill as well. So that's been a, you know, big focus for me at, at, at my job and, and, and that's working with USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, all of our clubs you know, to really create, you know, better programming and better options for, you know, for people. And then that extends off the ice as well too into you know what i'm really bullish on is is more organized street hockey you know the simplest version of our game to to keep people active in 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 the game of hockey i think there was an episode a while back and this is just pure memory but i think one of the hockey days in canada did a feature on a couple municipalities putting in street hockey nets in playgrounds and schools and, and things like that that always have like the classic basketball hoops on the tarmac but they started putting in um nets for street hockey or soccer things like that so just giving kids an opportunity to kind of play some some different sports and not just having the standard basketball hoop so i thought that was neat um that was actually so yeah, my baby sorry. i, oh, I was designed it? that yeah oh well yeah. there you go yeah so i, I worked, you didn't uh, know that travis no i honestly i had no idea <laughs> whatever yeah. perfect yeah, yeah no i worked i worked with a playground company called compan and so i actually designed I, that that came out of a conversation i had with my boss of like you know, walking her through like why I'm so bullish on street hockey and that's the real access to our sport. And, you know, the conversation around hockey is like how hard it is to play, right? Cause you need so much equipment, you need all this, you right. need all that. And that's why basketball is so popular, right? You need a ball for the ball. Yeah. And so I said, well, like, how, you know, what is the, how do we make hockey as simple as possible? You need the least amount of things and it's obviously street hockey, but, and so actually walking around New York and seeing, you know, the, the, the plethora of basketball nets throughout the city and, and all these different parks full of basketball nets. And uh, there's these really old school ones in, in New York that have two, two poles at the base. And so I, I have the old picture actually on my, on my iPad and I just drawing a line across it and saying like, that's a hockey net. Like it's already a hockey net. If you just had a, just need uh, a crossbar, you just need a crossbar. Right. And so, uh, you know, I sent out a, uh, uh, you know, requests for proposals to a bunch of different playground companies just to design, you know, a, a new way of thinking about a net for, for schools and playgrounds. And that's what they came back with. So we actually, one of our partners is obviously hometown hockey with, uh, with Rogers and you know, Scotiabank and all these different partners that we have that do stuff like this in communities. And so through hometown hockey, uh, we partnered with them to, to build those nets. And, and it's stuff. interesting. Okay, well, that yeah. went way better, way better than expected. Um, so we have a couple of questions here from a few of, uh, of our Instagram followers. One is going to ask you to pick between the five major sports. So uh, baseball, NBA, soccer, hockey, fo- uh, football, and I guess we'll just leave hockey out of this. Um, if you had to pick one that you had to play or watch other than hockey, what would it be of the five major sports in North America? Soccer. Okay. And the least favorite, the thing you're, you're never going to do, you're never going to tune into. Uh, Besides golf. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Football does nothing for me. So especially live. I've got, I went to a few Patriots games when I was in Boston and uh, yeah, the, the, the stoppage and, and it's just, there's hardly any actual gameplay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, next one, I guess there's two kind of the same questions and, uh, selfishly, because all three of us are hockey fans, and we have to ask this question in 30 seconds or less. Describe what winning the Stanley Cup was like. <laughs> oh man, uh, there's a rush of endorphins for sure. I think for me, we're we we're far enough up in the game, so I had about a minute and a half or two minutes to actually digest that 
every childhood fantasy. Yeah, just every like moment on the outdoor rink where I you know pretended it was happening. Uh, I lost in Game Seven when I played in Calgary. We lost in Game Seven to Tampa. You know, so the the agony of of going through that, um, you know, bottling up two months of emotions because that's what you do during the playoffs and you know, just bottling it up and not letting anything actually, you know, come to the surface. Um, so it's all of that just, you know, kind of exploding at once. And, and then, you know, you're having your own kind of moment and then you look around and, you know, some of your best friends and, you know, coaches are all doing the same thing. And, and so it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, absolutely an insane experience. Uh, and that, that first hour is, is, you know, absolutely incredible. The on ice and the dressing room, um, is completely surreal. Um, okay, another question. Usually when we have staff members on, um, we usually ask staff members, like, uh, do they have any embarrassing moments in their teaching career um, or embarrassing moments in front of their, um, in front of their students? Um, we've all kind of dabbled in some of our embarrassing stories over the first couple of episodes. Uh, do you have any embarrassing moment through, maybe through your career, through even some of your, your speaking engagements? Um, anything that you've been at or where you're like, Ooh, I wish I could do that again. (laughs) I mean, that part, if if the bar is that low, that happens almost every day. (laughs) uh, (laughs) It's called being a dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, uh, where's the mulligan on that one. Yeah. I I say that almost every day, but uh, um, I I don't take myself too seriously, to be honest. I mean, I I think the one, like the one that's like, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that, but, you know, on the same, in the same breath, it's probably one of the things I would kind of laugh about the most is, is the infamous celebration of uh, our Boston uh, Montreal series. Uh, Oh yeah. We were talking about that before you came on. Yeah. So I gave, you know, gave the, gave the bird to the, to the, to the Montreal home crowd. And uh, it was new gloves though, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that's, that's the only part that I wouldn't actually change the celly. Like I actually thought it was pretty, uh, it was, it was, it fit the moment, <laughs> but uh, I probably would have changed like just owning up to it right away, you know, because like uh, um, earlier that season, I think it was uh, James Wisniewski got suspended because he was doing, you know, certain hand gestures to like, Sean Avery. <laughs> so he, he actually got suspended. So when that happened in Montreal, uh, my GM called and he was like, dude, you're, like, you're going to get suspended. Like, you can't do that kind of stuff. Like, you better come up with something. And so you don't want to get suspended in, in playoffs. So I came up with kind of the excuse of my glove getting stuck, which was pretty funny. I thought, you know, in, yeah, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I probably could have came up with something better than that or just owned up to it. And I always actually thought it would be funny. Like the, the like a, I'm a funnier reply, but I probably would have got in trouble for it was saying like, that's how I thought, you know, people in Montreal communicated because like on the way to the rink, you know, I'd walk to the rink with, with Chara, and like the whole way, like the whole way, people just yelling at us, giving us the finger, and you you're know, getting people, the one finger salute from everyone. Yeah, you just <laughs> well, you walk with Chara, and you kind of stick out like a sore thumb, right? So, but it was so funny. Like it, it would happen every single time in Montreal. It'd just be like you're just getting berated for like ten blocks between the hotel and the rink. <laughs> so you just kind of soak it all up. So um, yeah, if I had a redo, I probably would have had something more like that like you know i thought that was a communication tool in Montreal. <laughs> yeah oh, that's good yeah that's good yeah 
Okay, Vimy Air listeners, we'd uh, like to give a, a huge thank you again to Mr. Andrew Ference for sitting in with us today and giving us some insight into, you know, what he's been up to uh, with this little bit of shutdown and his work from home and how he continues to, you know, build community, uh, keep up, keep in touch with everyone, uh, sustainability, and you know what, make sure that his daughters aren't uh, whooping them too bad on either the soccer pitch or the uh, the rugby pitch. So again, Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Again, we'd like to give a huge Vimeo thank you to Mr. Andrew Ferentz for sharing some stories and sharing some insight into his personal life with us. Um, Blair, I'm going to send it off to you since you've been the transition kid. Oh, sorry. Sam. Hold on. Hold on. Mr. Mr. Ferentz talked about winning the Stanley Cup, and we have to talk about it a little bit. Everybody's I don't know about good. you guys. Yeah, you guys played. you guys played hockey at a high level, um, so you maybe miss hockey in a different way than I do. But I stopped playing hockey in grade eight, and I, I didn't really miss it uh, even in, in through high school. But every single time that I see the Stanley Cup awarded to the winning team and that captain lift it for the first time, I wish that I could go back and make the NHL and win the Stanley Cup. So when he told that story, as much as it was quick and he didn't, he didn't go into a whole bunch of details, I had goosebumps, and I, I just wish that I could go back. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? It's, it's pretty interesting to hear his stories and hear how he's turned his pro hockey career um, into a job after hockey, right? He's still, uh, he's still providing for his family and he's doing some good uh, for the world. And the sustainability was huge for him and, and is huge. And I think our next guest, we can kind of tie that in, is sustainability of his love for vehicles and taking an old vehicle and, and turning it into something new and, and how his dad has passed down um, so many traits and so many likes. So let's, uh, let's go to our next guest, Mr. Aaron Normando. Our next guest on Vimy Air is current grade 12 student and very first Vimy baseball student that we've had on the podcast. He loves working on cars, more specifically old Fords. So hopefully we can discuss that. Uh, he loves Johnny Cash as well. Please welcome to the Vimy Air podcast, uh, Aaron Normando. Thanks hey, for going on, Aaron. How's it yeah. going? Welcome, Aaron. Thanks, I, think, I think for this podcast, since he's from baseball, we should have all had a uh, giant bit of spits in our mouth and just uh, <laughs> chewing on those the whole episode too, just a tiny sure, bit of baseball. I'm sure that would have that sounded nice. <laughs> hey, what's with the love of old cars, Aaron? Specifically well, Ford. Uh, why, why Ford? My, uh, my dad, he's a partsman out in Lamont. So uh, we have an acreage and out in back of our acreage, we have this massive shop where he's been doing body work for uh, – like as long as I've known our main thing is we do a bunch of old Ford trucks. Like we have, he drives a 71 F one fifty. I drive a 77. We have about, I want to say seven trucks in total out behind in the back of the yard. It's always just been old Fords. My sister drove her Chevy over here and I pretty sure my dad actually towed it to the front of the driveway. Really? Just because he was upset about it. He didn't like it. He was just like, no, like you can't park out by the shop. That's not for you. That's, people are, uh, that's people pretty are funny. About, yeah. They are particular about their vehicles. I know uh, when you said your family is a Ford family, my family is a, it's a European vehicle family. My, my mom and dad oh. both drive Volvo wagons. My, uh, uh, my one brother drives, uh, the, he has two Volvo XC nineties and the older brother drives the Mercedes and I drive an old Pontiac. So 
I don't know where I fit in with my family, but I used to have an old sob. So maybe that's how I fit in with the Europeans, but you're right. People are pretty particular to their, to their vehicles. Hey, uh, your next passion or something that you're into, you, you're pretty big on Johnny cash. Why yeah. Johnny cash? Where does that fit in? Uh, again, it's just my dad. He's passed crazy amount of things onto me. Like we used to own an old Trans Am and we'd just go cruising when I was little, like down the highway through Fort. And he'd just be blasting some Johnny Cash or Elvis or uh, Waylon Jennings, Steve Earle, all those guys. Nice. And it's just passed down to me. It seems That's like you good. were born like like a few decades late or something for, for all yeah. your passions yeah. here. <laughs> it's just my dad's old-fashioned and he's passed that down to me. That, that's good. Uh, with the with our Vimeo podcast, it's been nice that we get to connect with students. And uh, I know Mr. Fix and myself, we haven't had uh, Aaron in a class at Vimy, but uh, we get to hear stories of what he does and uh, and how he uh, makes his day around Vimy. But uh, you're in the baseball program. Can you tell us a little bit about when you joined the baseball program and uh, and how the uh, program runs? Well, I joined it in uh, grade ten, and that's that was a lot different from how it is now because we had a coaching change this year where, uh, as you know, Mr. Wilson and, uh, Mr. CJ, his last name is pretty tough. Mr. Wilson and CJ have been awesome. They've really helped the younger guys like grow into it and grow to love baseball, which is, I think is really important. Yeah. Those so two definitely- have Mr. Sorry, you go, Mr. Faulkner. Uh, I was going to say, they bring a lot of uh, passion. They're, uh, they're excited about what they do. They, uh, they love yeah. being part of that program. Definitely. Switching gears into more positivity, because that's, that's what, we, what we're trying to bring in this, in this podcast. You've gone to Vimy for a couple of years now. What's probably the most memorable high school moment that you'll take with you? It was definitely when uh, I was in grade 10, Mr. Duxbury's social class. I was the new kid, obviously. I didn't know anybody. And... We got assigned a group project, group project, the group hot project. That's and, tough. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was partnered up with Davin Baldock and Carrig Parfit. And we made the worst video about the Belgian takeover of Africa. We made like a movie. It was just pure garbage. We, we, wrote, a whole, <laughs> we wrote a whole script about it. And we were looking at the script. We we're like, "This is awesome. This is gonna be. This is gonna be great. We're gonna get like all hundreds." And we recorded it. And Davin was editing it, and he sent it to me. And he was like, "We might not want to hand this in." It was so bad. There was a scene where it's just me chasing Carrig through a forest with a. Uh, I had a motocross helmet on. Sounds like a horror movie. It was. I. You couldn't even Sounds follow. Sounds as bad it. as you're saying it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we did you hand even, it in? Yeah, we did. Mr. Duxbury showed it to the entire class. And it was and he pulled us into the back of the class. He goes, "What? Like what was that? I don't understand." So, it's safe to say you have probably zero future in in the movie business? Yeah, we're not exactly filmmakers. <laughs> what what are your your plans for next year anyway? I don't know if we've discussed that yet. I know what I want to do when I go into post-secondary. I'm just not sure if I'm going into it right away. Um, I'm probably going to take a year just to work and like save up some money for when I do get to uh, college. But my plans for college are going to Lethbridge and taking my natural resource compliance to uh, go into conservational enforcement. Great. Good for you. Why do your buddies call you Ronald McDonald? That's mainly Ethan Peterson. We didn't know we were both from Fort Sask. So we sat down and I'm like, hey, I'm Aaron from Fort Sask. He goes, I'm Ethan from Fort Sask. 
And he goes, Aaron. It's like, that's a bit long. And I'm like, is it? And he goes, well, I'm just going to call you Ron. And since last year when he started calling me Ron, he's progressed it from Ron, Ronald, and now it's Ronald McDonald. Okay, so I, just because th- this is too perfect and I, I can't not say anything now, Mr. Faulkner, I think you have, you're going to have a connection to the Ron and Ronald piece that Aaron just talked about. Can you just jump all over that? Yeah, there's a, there's a good backstory to it that we'll have to tell in another episode. But uh, Aaron, my, uh, everyone else calls me Ron, Ronnie, Ronald as well. And it's because my parents named me Ronald Blair Faulkner, but from day one called me Blair. Um, and uh, the story goes that I held it in till about my grade 12 year uh, until everyone else started finding out. And so since then it's been, uh, it's been Ronnie or Ronald. So, Hey, I don't think it's that bad of a nickname. I think it's a, it's a great <laughs> nickname. What have you been up to since the school kind of shut down and this whole pandemic has kind of put people uh, a little bit more in lockdown? What are you doing to stay busy? Well, I've been working a lot. I'm lucky to still have a job, really. I Where do you work at? Uh, Good Guys Auto in Fort Sask. Of course. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what um, what kind of what kind of measures have, have has your employer put in place, or have they have they done anything to uh, kind of protect the people? Every time I'm there, I'm supposed to wipe down like all the door handles, the phones, staplers, literally everything that gets touched. We have one of our mechanics is on part-time and then the others are job sharing. So we're kind of just going for a skeleton crew. Okay. Um, we're going to finish off with a Vimy air classic rapid fire set of questions from Mr. Fix. Answer these as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, Mr. Fix. Are you ready? I'm somewhat ready. Yes. I'm ready. No confidence. We, yes. I'm I'll give so you, ready. I'll give you an easy yes, one to start 100%. with. hundred percent. Let's go. Here we go. Okay. First celebrity crush. Natalie uh, Portman. Ariel Ariel or Jasmine? (laughs) Ariel? If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? 70s. Place you most want to travel? Africa. Say a word in Spanish. Espanol. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? No, 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 you got me with that one. Uh, Would you rather cuddle with a baby panda or a baby penguin? Penguin. How many pull-ups can you do in a row? Don't lie. Not much. Say something in an Asian language. Konnichiwa. Do you like the smell of gasoline? Yes. What's the the fastest you've ever driven in a car? Oh, uh, speed limit only. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks again, Aaron, for joining us on Vimy Air. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, We hope you're staying safe and enjoying your family at home. Thank you. You too. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, again, big thank you to uh, grade 12 student Aaron Normando or Ronald McDonald or Chocolate Milk or uh, whatever the kids call them out there these days. Big thank you for joining us on the Vimy Air podcast. Okay, we're going to we're going to hear from Mr. Faulkner here about uh, his his nickname story here. But I want to tell the, the listeners how I figured out that Mr. Faulkner's first name was Ronald. So Mr. Mr. Faulkner was recruiting me to be a hammerhead for his beer league hockey team. And I'm sitting on the bench and, and it's probably the third period. And I've heard 57 times because he's made 57 saves at this point that like, nice save, Ronald, nice save, Ronnie, all these things. And I'm like, I've worked with this guy for five years. I'm pretty sure I know his name is Blair. And then (laughs) sure. Like, so, but I also don't know anyone on the bench. So I'm just letting it happen. I'm like, man, I don't, 
I don't know who this Ronnie Ronnie is that they speak of. Anyway, so I think it was the next day at school. I quietly said, "Blair, what? Why are your buddies calling you Ronnie on the bench?" See, and so that's interesting, Sam, because I'll get into the whole story. But the hockey part of it—that's actually how my wife found out that my name was 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 Ronald. Um, she wasn't my wife at the time. We've been dating for a while, um, dating for for a while, like a, a few months. Uh, maybe half a year and uh she came and watched one of our games and she had the same experience you did she just wasn't on the bench she's like why are the why are his players always cheering ronnie when when he makes a save and so uh after that after the game driving home she's like so who's ronnie i'm like oh yeah <laughs> i said uh I said that's me she's like what why ronnie i said well my name is ronald blair faulkner and she, she just looks at me. She's like, "Kay, is there anything else I need to know about you? We've been dating for a while." And so, just a fraud. It, yeah, but lo and behold, she still trusts me, and we've been happily married for uh, for at least fourteen years now. So it's good. So, okay, quick story here on on how I got uh, or how it all came about. So I went through uh, my whole uh, grade school career of nobody knowing uh, that I was Ronald. It was always Blair, 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 and it was my grade twelve year. Uh, graduation uh, commencement day we're all in our cap and gowns and getting ready to walk the stage and we're all behind the you know behind the curtains on the stage and getting close to my turn you know everyone's nervous and everyone's ready to go and I know that my uh, buddies had smuggled in a couple air horns they were sitting in the stands and they were ready to blow the air horns when I my name got called and I walked across the stage and so my turn and I get ready and I walk across the stage and I hear Ronald Blair Faulkner (laughs) <laughs> and I remember just like walking up and I'm trying to shake hands with the assistant principal and the principal. And I'm like, did you just call me Ryan? And they're like, good job, Blair, keep going. And they're trying to shuffle me along. And I'm trying to have a conversation with these guys on stage during the commencement. I'm like, did you just call me by my brother's name? Like, what did you say? And they keep going, keep going. And I I'm get shuffled off the stage and I get down to my seat. And the guy who's sitting beside me with a last name that starts with F, I can't remember who he was, sorry. And he's like, why did they call you Ronald? And my jaw just <laughs> dropped. I'm like, oh, they outed you. no. And so as soon as the commencements were over and, you know, everyone's gathering and all my, you know, my, my, all my, I say all my buddies and two or three guys that I know come up to me <laughs> and they're like, Ronald, who's Ronald? Why didn't we know this? And so it, it started from there. And so it's been a, it's been a running joke ever since. And I've been always trying to keep it a secret, but uh, it's tough to keep a secret when you got to, book plane tickets under that name and you gotta you know no, your, your no longer a secret now no it's uh, <laughs> it's it's out there so yeah the the ronald the ronnie is uh it's there he's still mr faulkner to all the students yes. in Vimy, though <clears throat> that's correct still mr faulkner yeah that, that's a great story blair um sam let's let's try to wrap this up and uh sam i'm gonna ask you to do this just because blair's kind of blown it the last couple of episodes he hasn't figured out uh how to actually end one of these things yet oh. so uh sam go ahead i got nothing One day we'll come up with something. Thanks again to Mr. Andrew Ferentz and Aaron Normando for the interviews. Music brought to you by grade 12 student Shelby Dalton. You can find more of her work by searching Scobrad on Spotify. This entire podcast has been a Vimy Ridge Academy production.